Hello and welcome back to another episode of Fully Booked, the Hidden Gems author podcast in which Craig Touch and myself, Roland Hume, chat to some of the interesting figures and leading lights of this wild and wacky industry and called self-publishing and writing. And today we are delighted to have a returning guest, Alessandra Torre, a New York Times bestselling author. She was here before to talk about Inca's Con. She is here today to talk about Goodreads. We're delighted to have you back. How are you doing, Alessandra? I'm fantastic. I'm so excited to be back. I had so much fun with you guys last time. So, and I'm excited to talk about Goodreads. Oh, well, we are excited to hear everything you have to say about it. And of course, he wouldn't be here without the man himself, Craig Touch, uh, the owner and founder of Hidden Gems and an author himself. How are you doing today, Craig? Doing well, Roland. Thank you. And uh, welcome back, Alessandra. You know, uh, like we said, we we had you uh, last year around this time, I think, um, to talk about Inker's Con and, um, you know, I'm sure all of that information is still pretty relevant. So if anybody wants to go back and uh, check out that old episode, then, uh, you know, maybe we'll put a link at the, at the bottom for it. But, um, and actually, you know, you can even, you can even tell us uh, about anything new that's coming up this year. And then, you know, we'll, we'll launch into Goodreads right after that. But since, you know, uh, it's coming up in a few months, why don't you uh, give us a quick update on that? Yeah, I'll just give you guys a quick 30 second to a minute um, summary of InkersCon is coming up. It's coming up in June in Dallas. Um, that's the in-person event. But we also have a really robust and energetic online event that accompanies it. So attendees can attend in person or online. We're a fiction based conference. And we aim for as high level and advanced presentations as we can. Um, but we have 25 to 30 presentations that are all business marketing, advertising and writing. Um, and it's focused on fiction authors. So if you're interested, you can check us out at inkerscon.com. Perfect. I, one day I, I want to get out there. Maybe, wow. uh, maybe Roland and I should go and do some live podcasts from there. We can line up a bunch of people. Hey, there you go. That sounds fun. Um, and, and it's down in Texas, isn't it? It's in oh, Texas. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. in Dallas. <laughs> Everything's bigger in Texas. <laughs> so uh, but so this year, though, we wanted to uh, come back to the idea of Goodreads because I know that you used to do a bunch of courses on that. Um, you're, you know, one of the people that whether you admit it or not, you're, you're the expert on Goodreads as far as I'm concerned. I, I once asked my uh, audience of authors in a newsletter um, about Goodreads and more than one person gave me your name, which is mm -hmm. how, how I heard about you originally. This was like, you know, a couple of years back uh, as the as the authority on Goodreads. So uh, I'm glad to have you come on and talk about it a bit. So, um, you know, what are the give us some some idea of, of, of Goodreads as it pertains to authors. And uh, I know it's, you know, a lot of readers use it um, and they leave their reviews on there and they use it as a, as a site to sort of discover new, new books and everything. But, you know, it's a, it's a powerful tool for authors as well. So what, what should authors really be thinking about with Goodreads? Absolutely. So if you haven't heard of Goodreads, um, goodreads.com is the largest um, reader and author and book social media platform in the world. It has over 140 million users, and those users are readers, they're authors, but they're also publishers, foreign publishers, movie producers, pretty much anyone who's focused on books is going to be on Goodreads. And um, and it's, uh, it's primarily a platform where readers find a book and review it. And unlike other social media, it does consider itself a social media platform. 
And unlike other social media platforms, it is 100% focused on books. So if someone is on the site, they are looking for a book to review it or to recommend it or just trying to find their next read. So if as authors, I always say, if there's one place we're going to be, if you're only on one social media platform, be on Goodreads. And the beauty of Goodreads is that it doesn't take a lot of time to be considered active on Goodreads. I am very active. I'm considered very active on Goodreads and I spend maybe 15 to 30 minutes a month on, on Goodreads. It's, um, it's a very small portion of my time, but, um, but it yields for me big, big rewards for that time. So for 30 minutes a, a, a month, what are you doing? You're just sort of like updating your page and sort of responding maybe to some comments or, you know, what's happening with that? Well, the one of the big things I always tell everyone about Goodreads is kind of, well, I'll, I'll break down for you guys how the algorithm works, but also that every interaction that you do on Goodreads increases your exposure. So every, pretty, I say every action, I would say 90% of the actions that you take on Goodreads are are causing a book to be seen by readers. Um, so when I visit Goodreads, I like and comment on reviews. Um, I make sure my books are up to date and I sometimes post or update my review on my own books um, to kind of boost them. So whatever I'm trying to do at that point, um, I'll see if there's any reader questions for me. But typically I'm just liking and interacting on reviews. And if I have an upcoming release that I'm pushing, I'll make a post about it or I'll do a status update on it or I'll update my review on it um, just to give it a fresh boost out to my readers. And then if you were to, um, you're talking about uh, when you say liking and commenting on the reviews, you're talking about the reviews that are on your books by other readers, right? Right. So um, so l- let me go into quickly how the algorithm works on Goodreads. And the beauty sure. of the algorithm, it is so simple. Um, so it is not highly technical. It does not have a lot of, you know, intelligence behind it. And I don't mean I mean that there's not a lot of AI behind it. Um, so anytime someone likes or comments on a review, it sends that review out to all of that person's followers. So if someone reviewed my book, um, The Trophy Wife, if someone reviews The Trophy Wife and I like or comment on that review, that sends that review out to all of my followers. Um, And this can be really powerful for both good reviews and bad reviews. This is why you should never, ever comment on bad reviews. Among among multiple reasons, this is one of the biggest. All it does is project that bad review to all of your followers, which you certainly do not want. Um, But if I, um, for example, let's say that Craig um, comments on or likes a review that's on one of my books. Now that book, that review has gone out to all of Craig's followers. And by out, I mean that it is showing up in their Goodreads newsfeed. And if one of Craig's followers then likes or comments on that review, it goes out to all of their followers. So any review that has a lot of likes and comments, it is being broadcasted to a you know network of readers through that liking and commenting process. And pretty much every other thing, if you update your profile, if you um, comment on a blog post, anything that you do like that, it's going to go out to all of your followers. And Goodreads, the only way, the only selectivity of that algorithm is that it isn't, if you like and comment on 50 reviews, it's not going to send 50 reviews out to your newsfeed. It's only going to do like three or four a day. 
Um, so when I go on, I try to just pick a book. I like and comment on three to four reviews for that book. And then I'm done for the day or, you know, I'm done for that session. So if somebody is to leave a review on one of your books, that just when they just first leave the review, that itself doesn't get pushed out to your followers. It's only once you, uh, once you come in and comment or like once it or something. I interact with it. Yeah. If someone my books, it goes out to their followers, but it doesn't go out to my followers unless okay. I interact with it. Okay. So if someone else likes or comments or reviews, it doesn't go to your followers. It goes to their followers. Exactly. Right. Okay. So if a reader does it, it's unlikely. I mean, I don't know. But some readers I assume a lot have of readers thousands of followers. Yeah. Some readers okay. have thousands of followers um, and friends. Uh, typically, readers have friends where authors have followers because Goodreads does restrict your number of friends. Friends and followers, that's a common question I get. They're very, very similar. The They're minute differences. It does not matter to Goodreads if you, if readers become your friends or your followers. I just encourage them to become my followers. Um, it doesn't really matter, you know, which, which category they fall in. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. So I didn't even realize there was two different categories of people there. <laughs> um, okay, cool. So you were saying uh, that there are, you know, three really important things that an author should know about Goodreads and the algorithm being one of them, which you've you've talked a bit about. Um, what are the other other ones? So the second thing that I want to touch on is um, that Goodreads will send an email out. So Goodreads communicates with its users in a variety of ways. They have on-site notifications, right? Just like Facebook, you have the little notifications thing. Um, they put things in the newsfeed and they also email readers and they email readers on specific events. They email readers when authors that they follow make a blog post. So that's why it's great to make blog posts on Goodreads. They also email readers anytime a book that's on their want to read shelf releases. So that is really important because that's like a free dedicated email. It's just that book that goes out to readers with the purchase links. And it's a really beautiful focused email. Um, so that just to repeat what I just said, that email, this new release notification email goes out to any reader who has added a specific book to their shelf. So if Roland has an upcoming release and 30 people add that book to their shelf, to their want to read shelf prior to release on release day, those 30 readers will get an email from Goodreads letting them know that the book is live. Here's the book description. Here's the cover. Here are the purchase links. So what that means, the gist of what that means is that it is important for us as Goodreads authors to get as many readers as possible to add their books to our shelves prior to release. A reader adding a book to their want to read shelf after release is great. It shows up in their newsfeed. Maybe people like and interact on that, blah, blah, blah. But you're missing that that email, right? That that email. So this is a free way. It's completely free that Goodreads will email readers and let them know about your new release. So the goal is to get as many people. So for Goodreads, I really, really focus on pre-promotion. I focus on from the moment I know that I'm going to write this book and it's a thing and it's going to happen. From that point forward, all the way to release day, through the cover reveal, through advanced excerpts, through arcs being sent out, I am pushing Goodreads as hard as I possibly can because I want that bucket of readers to be as big as possible. And sometimes for me, it's 10,000 readers. I'll have 10,000 readers that have added that book to their shelf prior to release. Um, sometimes it's 2,000 readers. Sometimes it's 500. But normally it's 
for me, it's it's at least two to 10,000 readers. And the more readers that have added your book to their shelf, the more Goodreads, when they create their books to watch out for in November or romances that you want to know about, you know, this spring or whatever, what they're looking at to pick those titles, there's a couple of like paid placement spots or that publishers have. But what they're mainly looking at is what books have the most ads to your shelves, right? The books that are ranking highest, those are the ones they're going to choose. Those are the ones they're going to highlight. So I've gotten so many free placement opportunities in Goodreads emails and Goodreads newsletters and Goodreads on-site placement because I have really high numbers of readers adding this book to their want to read shelf. So that um, so that is really important. And what that um, what that means and what you can then do prior to release day is um, leave a review for your own book. Don't choose any stars, but you know use that space that review as your like personal billboard to leave an advanced excerpt or you know taglines or. T- you know, share teasers. Um, I put the Goodreads review um, link in as many places as possible. I include it in my newsletters. Every time I'm interacting with readers about it, I'm like, add the book to your Goodreads shelf. And then the number one way, and this is the second thing that I wanted to share on today's call, is to do a Goodreads giveaway. The Goodreads giveaway, I can work my butt off trying to get readers to add this book to their shelf. That Goodreads giveaway spikes those entries like crazy. You know what I mean? Like I'll just tirelessly work and I'll maybe get like 50 to 100 to 500. And then I do a Goodreads giveaway and I get 5,000, you know? So that is the quickest and the easiest. It's also the only thing that I will discuss that costs money <laughs> um, is the Goodreads giveaway. But So um, you you do have to pay for it. And right now we're in giveaways month, so it's discounted, but um, but it does cause a huge spike in um, in entries. Now, is this all connected to your your uh, pre-release on Amazon? So sort of that's an easy way to because Goodreads is owned by Amazon, aren't they? Yes, Goodreads is owned by Amazon. That's an important thing for people to know. Um, and so, yes, if you have and you're it's like you can see my cheat sheet, um, Roland, if you have if you've correctly linked your Amazon and your Goodreads account, then um, the Amazon button on your Goodreads page will link to your pre-order. So anytime that you're sending traffic to your Goodreads page, it could also be sending traffic to your pre-order on Amazon. But you don't necessarily need to have a pre-order, right? To uh, do the- correct. Right. Yeah, g- great question, um, Craig. So the I add my book to Goodreads and adding your book is really easy. You just search for your book title and when you don't see it in the results, you, you click this, you know, add a book link that's on the right side. I add my book to Goodreads as soon as I am like certain that I'm going to write it. You cannot delete a book that you add. So if you think there's a chance you might not write it, don't add it because you will never be able to delete it. Um, but I add a book to Goodreads as early as I can and I don't need anything. Sometimes I have like the title is untitled or undecided. I don't have a cover. My book description is like a Scottish murder mystery. And that's all it says. Um, I have no purchase links. I have no ASIN number. I don't have anything. That's it. I just have a placeholder that has a link and a way that readers can start to add it to their shelf. So you don't um, you don't need any of that stuff at the beginning. You can come in and and edit it after. But I guess uh, the so if you were if you did not have a pre-order, and you did this and everybody, you know, 10,000 people sign up, whatever. Um, the email to announce that the book has come out, what is that based on then? Yeah. So um, 
one of the faults of the Goodreads site is that it trusts what you tell it, right? So if I tell it that I'm going to have this book, let's call it like Undecided Scottish Murder Mystery, right? And I announce or I add Undecided Scottish Murder Mystery to my Goodreads and I say that it's going to release on June 4th. And June 4th sounded good to me. Like I normally just pick a date out of nowhere that's like a year out. June 4th sounded good to me, but let's say I forgot about it, right? And let's say June 4th rolls around. I haven't written anything on Undecided Murder Mystery. It certainly isn't published. Goodreads is going to send a new release email blast out for that book. And they're going to have like Amazon links and things like that. But they're just, when you click on them, they're just going to go to an Amazon page that has searched for Undecided Scottish Murder Mystery as the title. And so it's just going to bring a bunch of focus results. But I have definitely had those emails go out before. And then I've had readers email me like, I can't find this new release that you have today. Um, so it's very important that, and that is my, um, one of my tips that I want to share today. It's very important that you make sure that your metadata, so all of those details about your book is accurate and up to date. And that release date is the number, is the number two thing. It's very, very important that you have your release date. But the very most important thing, I, I guess the release date is the most important thing. But the second thing that's super important is that you put your ASIN number into Goodreads. So that does two things. One, it makes sure that every time a book is published on Amazon, a Goodreads page is automatically um, created for it. So if you're an author that's listening and you're like, oh, my books aren't on Goodreads, they are. Like if your books are, are live on Amazon or on pre-order on Amazon, they are on Goodreads. People are leaving reviews for them. You might as well be there and interacting with them, right? Um, but your Amazon, if you scroll down to like, sales rank area, you'll see your ASIN number there. That's like your social security number for Amazon for, for that book. Um, and you want to put that number, cut and paste that number into the Goodreads backend. And what that will do is if your book is in Kindle Unlimited, first of all, you'll see that show up on your books page. Um, it'll show that it's in Kindle Unlimited. But also anytime someone clicks your Amazon link on that page, on that Goodreads book page, it's going to go directly to your books page on Amazon. It's not going to go to a search results page. You do not want the search results page because you're going to have sponsored post, you know, sponsored placement. You're also going to have just, I mean, your book might be fourth on the fourth page of results for that search page. So you don't want that. You want it to go directly there so you can capture that traffic. So that's one of my big takeaways today. Make sure your metadata is up to date. And on that metadata, the, the release day needs to be up to date, but super, super important that ASIN number needs to be added. As soon as your book goes up on pre-order, hop over to um, Goodreads and add that ASIN number. So, okay. So let me understand how this works in the sense that, you know, sometimes authors will, um, this happens all the time with, you know, with ARCs and stuff, you know, they have their release date, you know, let's say, you know, March 10th. Uh, and that's the date that they expect to publish. And let's say you have Goodreads, you've done that, everything, you set it up, you said March 10th. That email is going to go out on March 10th. But then you go and you upload your book and Amazon takes their sweet time publishing sure. it. So now you don't have the ASAN right away on March 10th. So, uh, but the email is going to go out by Goodreads, right? You can so. change your release date anytime. But you yeah. can't necessarily change the time, right? So even though it still might come out on the 10th, like when does the email I would work? just, I, I am not certain because I haven't tested this out and I really should test it out. But I would just pick like the 11th or 12th. And if the email goes out a day or two after release day, no biggie. Right. 
I have often wondered about this because I think that technically someone could trick the system, you know what I mean, into kind of giving your book a boost or, you know, um, they're only going to send out one new release email. I do know that. So you can't just go to an old backlist title and put a new, you know, release date. But um, but in terms of uh, if you don't know it, um, and if you're doing a live release, you're not doing a pre-order, you're just going live, then I would put it, um, I would put it a couple days after just to give you time. And just in case like Amazon is slow or there's something else that clogs it up, then you can go and put that um, ASIN number in. And I don't know that it sends exactly on release date anyway. Sometimes it's a couple, it, it might be a day or two delayed. Okay. And then the other question I'm thinking about is, if you were to uh, do as you said and, and create the book when you first think about it and you, you know, you don't necessarily have all the information. Um, and then for whatever reason, let's say, I mean, there's a couple of reasons. One, maybe you just forgot that you did that. Yeah. Uh, or maybe you, um, you know, you, you name it slightly different or something on Amazon. Now, what happens to those two things? Because Goodreads will pull the data from Amazon, whether you added the book yourself or not. So if, uh, if you've added the book yourself, um, I assume if everything lines up, maybe it's smart enough to pick the right book um, to, to line up. But if you're not, if you put something different or you forgot to update or whatever, is it, are you going to end up with like two versions of the same book, but slightly different? You know, you added one, but then and they pulled one from Amazon and then you said you can't delete one. So then what happens? <laughs> we have dupl- that happens all the time. So, I mean, I um, and what it does is basically the system will or a librarian will a librarian's just like a helpful volunteer that works at Goodreads. There's like thousands of them. Um, they'll merge the they'll merge the records. So and and typically they'll just add them as other editions because sometimes you'll have something like True Loves, a vampire love story, right, with the subtitle, and then the audiobook is just True Loves, and then doesn't have you know. So it'll just show up as a sec it's a separate edition, or they'll be able to combine them into one edition. Um, so it'll all. Very rarely is this a problem. Sometimes you will have duplicate. Um, but either the system corrects itself or I haven't had to actually email and ask anyone to combine editions in ages. That being said, I'm also really, really strict about with myself about, you know, um, putting in my ASIN number. But um, but it's not it's not normally an issue. Um, the either the system merges them or a librarian typically merges them. And if it's a problem and it's not getting fixed, then just reach out to the librarians group, which they have a group on Facebook and they have a group on Goodreads. Um, the group on Facebook is like, I need a Goodreads librarian. And that's often the fastest way to get a librarian that can help you out. Okay, cool. So uh, basically, you know, it shouldn't happen, but if it does, it's fixable. So that's totally fixable. <laughs> totally fixable. Yeah, as long as that book really exists. Where you run into problems is if you add a book that does not exist, um, and then it's really hard to get it uh, taken down. And this is why also, if you're listening and you're an aspiring author, it can be a little more difficult to get your book added pre-release because Goodreads doesn't really trust you because we've had a lot of aspiring authors that show up and they got big plans and then their book doesn't get written or their book doesn't get published. So unless your book is on pre-order on a major retailer, you will not typically be able to get your book added to Goodreads if you've never published anything. If you've published things before, then they then they're like, 
you know the game, you got it, you know, and, and they'll take your word for it. So if um, if you were to add one and then you don't yourself and then you don't end up publishing that, I mean, in reality, though, as long as you publish something else, right, you could you could just That's edit. That's way to get around it. Just edit the yeah. title to a different title, edit the description, and you're totally fine. That's what I've done. Um, okay. Yeah. Now, granted, so, I mean, you're going to have some readers that are like, oh, but I was adding, you know, Untitled, the Scottish murder mystery, and this is now, you know, a steamy romance. I mean, you know, it is what it is. Um, that's that's the that's the worst case scenarios. You have a couple of readers who are like, "How did this book get on here?" Um, but that's it is, you know. So, it, but you can't. Can you edit books that are already published? Probably not, right? Like it I mean, depends. You can add, you can edit certain fields. Um, you can change the book description. You can, you know, um, sometimes it, you can't change like the title. Um, some, you often can't change the release date. Um, you know, you can't change the author name or something like that. If it's already published and it's already out there, I think I have changed, um, or added authors. Like if I added pen names and things like that. Um, so certain fields, you'll know, you'll go into edit the book details and certain things are grayed out. And, um, and often a librarian can change those for you if you can't, but sometimes rare occasions, there's just things that just can't be changed. Right. So I was wondering is whether or not, you know, you can't delete a book, but if you went in there and changed everything, you know, it would be release. Yeah, it's no big deal. You can change. release, yeah. Right. But I mean, release yeah. if you were to, I don't know, Which pull it, your book it would down be release, Right. Because the book doesn't exist. Well, but I mean, even if you had one that you published and then took it down for whatever reason, if you if you wanted to erase existence of that book from the uh, world, you, you probably wouldn't be able to because you can't delete it, but you probably also can't change that all that you wouldn't be. Yeah, I don't think you'd be able to fix that scenario because I've had and this is a, of impor- important note. I have added anthology um, stories that I've written. I've added to Goodreads. And I later regretted that because it was a short-term anthology. It was published and then it was taken down and it's forever there. And then I have readers like, Hey, how do I get this story? You know, and there's just no way to really um, fix it. Cause that's once readers start leaving reviews for it and stuff, it becomes much harder. Yeah. For you to edit those. I noticed I print, I, published a, a, a particular book and then later on I removed it and republished so it had a new SIN and on Goodreads both versions exist and both versions have reviews and they've got different covers and it does cause confusion there so yeah. and I haven't worked out how to remove them yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean you might not be able to but but in your case with the anthology even if you hadn't added it wouldn't it have been automatically added anyways as soon as it went up for sale well the entire anthology would have been I added like my short story in the anthology so I titled it, you know, whatever my short story was. So that wasn't a listing on Amazon. It was just, oh, I see. it was like my portion of it. Yeah. Okay. And then you can't republish that later, even though the anthology is unpublished. Yeah. I don't know. That's a good question. I'm, I might be able to republish it later since it doesn't have like a dead Amazon page attached to just my story. So I'm, th- there might be a scenario where I might be able, if I, if I published it later as a standalone, I might be able to fix that. Right. Hmm. That is interesting. So if you were to do um, the Amazon Goodreads, or sorry, the Goodreads giveaways, right. To go back a little bit there. Uh, when you do that, what are you, um, 
how does the the giveaway work? Like aside from you know you pay for it, but are you giving away? Um, I assume you're giving away ebook versions, or maybe you're giving away paperback or or both. Um, what do people have to do to to get um, to get entered into the giveaway? Do they need to add your book to the to their to uh, to be read list or or something like that? Pretty um, um, pretty simple. Um, the beauty of a Goodreads giveaway. Are you, can you hear me? Wait, Roland, you're muted. You, you crackled for a, for a second, but then you're, you're back. Okay, now. yeah, I think, I thought Craig was done talking. I think it, anyways, okay. I'll start yeah, over. we're good. <laughs> so the way Goodreads giveaways works is oh. you create a listing on goodreads.com. And it's like goodreads.com forward slash giveaways or something like that. Um, but the beauty of giveaways is you do not have to have any Goodreads followers. And you do not have to promote the giveaway. It will promote it for you and it will find entries for you. Um, and so there are two types of giveaways. There is a regular giveaway, which is typically $129. Um, and then there is the $599 premium giveaway. Um, I always recommend the authors do the cheaper of the two. Um, at the really main benefit of the more expensive one is they promote it more. But also you're able to send like a dedicated email message to everyone who entered. But if you're doing the cheaper one pre-release and and your giveaway is ending pre-release, you're getting that new release notification email anyways. So I don't really see the need to pay the extra for the personalized email because it really has very little um, difference in in return um, in conversion. So. You set up a giveaway. You have the option of giving away ebooks or paperbacks. Um, if you are a KDP published author, if you're published through Kindle Direct Publishing, the ebooks are 100% free for them to distribute. And you can give away up to 100. I suggest you give away 100. It is only a benefit to having 100 active Goodreads users having a copy of your book. And Goodreads will distribute that directly to the winners through KDP. You do not have to do anything. It does not cost you anything additional. If you choose paperback copies, I normally suggest three. I normally suggest autograph copies. And you are responsible for shipping those prizes to the winners. They do restrict them to U.S. and Canada. So you're not having to pay international shipping. But um, but there is that additional cost on top of the giveaway. Um, so you pick a period of time. I try to do 30 days, which is the maximum. As long as it ends two to three days prior to release date, that's that's my thing. Um, and so what will happen is you'll they will post it. They will find entries. I also, if I'm doing a cover reveal or if I'm doing any pre-promotion, I include that giveaway. Anytime I'm posting about my book leading up to it, I'm like, and here's a chance to win you know, a signed copy. And I'll link to the Goodreads giveaway. So I promote it a lot on my end. But um, but basically for that money, Goodreads is promoting it for you. They're collecting entries. And typically it varies based on the the um, the author. But you'll normally have anywhere from a thousand to five thousand entries for a giveaway. Um, and, and the smaller the author, the the more, you know, it's going to end closer to that one thousand. And it also depends on the book. Certain books really appeal to readers. So certain books have a smaller audience. So, um, but it can be any type of book, any genre. Um, you can do a Goodreads giveaway. And it's just that cost, $129. And easiest bit of marketing I do, you know, all year round. That seems very, very cost effective. Yeah. 
hundred percent. And, and what's cool about it. Oh, so you ask how they enter the giveaway. So there's a giveaways page where they can see all of the books that are currently up for giveaway and they just click enter and they give like their address. It'll remember their address and they have to add the book to their shelf in order to enter. So by adding the book to their shelf, that is guaranteeing that they're going to get that new release email unless they turned off that setting. They can turn off the setting where they don't get new release emails notifications, but rarely do readers. Um, they add it to their shelf. And as soon as they hit enter giveaway, it posts it on their newsfeed to all of their followers. So if you have a thousand entries, that's a thousand people who all of their followers have all seen that they've entered this giveaway and had a chance to then click see the book or enter the giveaway themselves. So giveaways can go viral very easily because you're going to have just on day one, two or 300 people entering this giveaway. And that's going out to all of their news feeds. And anyone who likes that post comments on it or clicks on the link, it goes out to all of their followers. So giveaways can go super viral super easily. That's phenomenal. I know it's. I love it. Goodreads. It's my favorite thing ever about Goodreads. I mean, uh, that must be really effective. You've got a pre-release, and then it gets all this publicity, and hopefully, people go and you know add it to their bookshelves. Then that email goes out. They all flood it, getting the downloads, which will send you shooting off. I mean, this seems like if you don't have this as part of your launch strategy, you're missing out. Yeah. Well, and I'd like to say, I mean, I, I don't want to I don't want to sell it as like the magical cure for everything, because, you know, I mean, it is an email that goes out to a thousand or two thousand or like sometimes I've had 10,000 ads to shelf. So it goes out to 10,000 people, you know, um, I don't you know what percentage of those people are going to buy the book. But typically this is an interested individual. They have added your book to their shelf for a reason, either because they wanted to win it and they now know that they didn't or because they saw someone review it or they saw someone interact with it. So it is a warm audience that is familiar with your book. So um, so that's one of the reasons why I really love it. And it's just coming from someone else. Like maybe, you know, every time someone sees it, it's just another reason for them to buy it. But Goodreads is typically a site that they trust and that they interact with. And in terms of social media sites, the nice thing is it's it's people who are interested in books. I mean, I get a lot of I uh, very effective on Facebook. Then Facebook people are like scrolling through and books are there. Right. Amazon, yeah. The problem yeah. is they're looking Amazon, at videos. They're looking at other stuff. They're not like in that mindset. And I find the problem with Amazon is there's so much advertising there now. It's like 70 percent of the, the thing is taken up with advertising. So this seems like this is this is a, a really hopefully people are listening to this and realizing how valuable what you're telling them is. Yes. And I will say, I mean, I love Goodreads. I'm not associated with Goodreads in any way. I will say right now, I don't suggest advertising on Goodreads. So if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, and this would be a great place for me to advertise right now, at least for me, the return on investment on Goodreads ads is not there. So um, definitely, you know, create your author profile or claim your author profile on the site, interact with reviews, but I wouldn't suggest investing in advertising other than the Goodreads giveaways. Right. And I, I guess they haven't gone the route of uh, where so many of the other social sites like Facebook and all that, where, um, you know, you're saying every time somebody likes or comments, it gets shown to all their followers. Whereas on, you know, Facebook and Twitter or whatever, it goes to a small, small yeah. subset <laughs> of your followers. Right. Exactly. So it sounds like on Goodreads, it's, it's going to everybody. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And I think in part that's because Goodreads doesn't have as much action, you know, as Facebook. Um, but also because they are kind of selective, like they'll show your first two or three actions 
and then um and then they won't show any more of your actions to those people you know or on that day your followers on that day on that day yeah right and then best i can tell i mean I'm doing all this best I can tell from my experience and interaction with it um, is it seems to reset every day, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, that goes towards the idea that you were saying, you know, you spend whatever, 30 minutes a month. Mm-hmm. That That's not 30 minutes in one day. Maybe it's uh, every other day or so you're going in and liking and commenting on a few things so that you, every day you have that, that sort of push. Yeah. And then, um, you know, the next day, a couple of days later, you do it again. Whereas if you, if you blew all that time in, in one day, then your, your results are going to be very uh, muted because you're kind of wasting the effort. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's still even like, let's say you're like, Oh, I've already commented on three or four reviews. First of all, let's, let's address a few things. Let's say you're an author that doesn't have any reviews, right? Like you're an author who's trying to grow their audience. You're an author that maybe hasn't released a book for a few years. You know, maybe there just aren't new reviews for you to look at and interact with, right? Because your book hasn't gotten out there yet. I would suggest then liking and commenting on other books that are similar to yours. And don't be like, oh, if you love this book, you should catch out check out, you know, The Pastor's Daughter by Alessandra Tori. Don't do that. Like, just like and comment on it in an interactive, natural, non-spammy way. Um, because it's still been putting your face out there, you know, and it's still, and people will start to follow you if they think that you read books that, or to potentially write books that are similar to them. But it's also a great way just to boost your fellow authors, right? So like, to help out the indie author community. And if you have a couple of authors that you're friends with, that you try to promote each other's books, then, you know, I've been in plenty of good read circles where we're like, Hey, everybody, someone says having a release today, let's all go like and comment on three of her reviews, you know, for this book. So there's a lot of things you can do like that with other authors. If your book doesn't have those reviews. And the other thing is authors love to avoid Goodreads because they have been told that it is a horrible place and it's full of trolls. And it's, you know, like if you go to Goodreads, just forget it. Might as well just pack up your stuff, move to, you know, the middle of nowhere and just give up on life. Um, that is that I will tell you, I am a very active member of Goodreads. I have been for a decade now and I've experienced maybe two negative experiences in Goodreads. And both of those were situations where I read a review that hurt my feelings and I closed my laptop and I walked away and that was the end of it. Right. So if you if you look for drama on Goodreads, you'll find it and you'll get involved in it. But if you aren't trying to find drama, you aren't you aren't going to find it. Every other experience I've had has been wonderful and pleasant. And granted, when I look at my books pages, I filter by five star reviews. Those are the only ones I interact with. I sometimes look at four stars also, and I will like those. I won't comment on them unless they're really strong. And the other thing to remember about Goodreads is a is their five-star rating system is different than other sites. They have a a legend, um, you know, where they explain each stars. And three stars means I liked it. A three-star review on Goodreads is not a bad review. It means they liked it. They liked your book. So a lot of times you're like, oh my gosh, my average review on Goodreads is three and a half stars. Great. That means three, you know, three and a half stars is the majority of people liked it or four stars is like, I loved it. And five stars is like, oh my God, this is the greatest book ever. Drop everything and read it right now. You know? So, um, so don't be hurt or afraid to read three star or four star reviews. Um, some of the, 
best reviews I've ever read that have helped me grow the most as an author were three-star reviews that I read on Goodreads. But if you are more sensitive, and I don't mean that in a bad way, but if you aren't yet, don't have like, you know, uh, iron skin or whatever, Teflon skin yet, then just just filter them by five stars and only read those. And um, and you don't have to interact or look at the other ones. Great. Yeah, I think that is something I hear a lot. You know, I, I was about to say, I know both of you guys have heard that before. <laughs> being in the in the re- review business, um, you know, th- people definitely say that uh, Goodreads reviews skew lower than mm-hmm. others. And um, it's interesting that you say, you know, that they have those um, guidelines. But I think most people aren't really looking at the guidelines. So, you know, they're just seeing, okay, you know, on Amazon, I have, uh, you know, an average of 4.5, but on Goodreads, it's like, you know, 4.1 and, you know, blah, 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 right? Uh, You know, so I I definitely hear that a lot. So it's interesting. it's an interesting take. Uh, you know, sure, yeah, you could you could just <laughs> ignore the them other, all. The other thing is, you think about a review on Amazon, right? Like, how many reviews on Amazon are actually seen, right? Except for us, like the crazy authors that are going through and reading everything. Like, a normal user is only going to see, like, the, the top three reviews, right? Like, on that page. Where on Goodreads, even someone who only has, like, 14 followers first of all how many amazon reviews are read by 14 people like if someone has thousands of reviews like or hundreds like they aren't being seen by 14 people but let's say someone only has 14 followers and they post a review and one of their 14 followers likes that review all they did was they just hit like the like button but that person has 500 you know followers then it's going to go out to all of those 500 um, who may or may not interact so sometimes people with small followers are still very powerful and are still valued on Goodreads. And, um, and because, and it's a good and a bad thing. Like people will see bad reviews on Goodreads that have so much interaction and comments and whatever. They're also good reviews that have tons of interaction and comments, but the reviews carry more weight on Goodreads. And again, that's often toted as this like bad thing, but it's not like Goodreads reviewers, first of all, are more critical because they are they are super readers right um but they also trust each other i i can't tell you how many three-star reviews i've read where someone goes this sounds right up my alley you know or i've seen a one-star review that's like don't read this book it's pure sex and like nine people commented like sounds like my book like where do i sign up (laughs) yeah i've had a review like that once yeah so i mean it's reviews are more powerful and they can hurt more because they add gifts and things like that and you're just like oh my gosh like stop but they also, it, it's the same way for the good reviews. They're just as passionate and excited about books that they love. Um, so it's, um, so it's a double-edged, you know, it's a double-edged sword. Like the things that we don't like about it are also can be really great things for you. Yeah, I, I, I think, you know, a lot of people focused on the star, the overall star rating, because that's generally, I think, what people look at when they're, yeah. especially on Amazon, right? You know, most people, like you said, they're not going down to read the actual reviews. They're saying, oh, the average is 4.5, great, or it's 3.1 or whatever, right? So they're just looking at that average. It's, you know, once in a while, if it's something they really want, and it's got low reviews, maybe they'll go and read it and see if the people are complaining about something that matters to them. Uh, but typically, yeah, it's it's a, it's more of a looking at the star rating. So it sounds like maybe on Goodreads, that's different. And if, if people are saying that three means you still like the book, then, you know, 
it's it's perfectly fine to get a lower star rating on on Goodreads if everybody understands that. And Goodreads users are used to it. Like they're if you see a book with five thousand reviews and they're four and a half out of five stars on Goodreads, they're like, holy crap! Like, what is up with this book? Like, they're accustomed to seeing more. 3.2, they're used to that, right? Like where on, for me as an Amazon user, if I don't see four and a half stars or more, I'm like, I'm not sure about this book. Where on Goodreads, that's more, you know what I mean? Like they're accustomed to the fact that typically reviews have lower ratings. And so for them, that's the norm. On Amazon, I I tend to filter by one stars and look for the ones that say, this book is pure sex. (laughs) Oh, okay. That's good to know. (laughs) All right, I got some recommendations. I'll send you, Roland. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, listen, that's that's really good advice for a lot of people, whether they'll listen to it or not, in terms yeah. of uh, their reviews. You know, I don't know, <laughs> but but they should. I, it makes sense as long as all the Goodreads people are sort of on the same page about that. Then that's then that's great. Um, anyway, well, listen, been... this has been. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say what I've been reading, what I found really valuable from this is the fact that I had been doing what a lot of people have been doing. That is avoiding Goodreads because I'd heard like it was the Wild West. You go there and they're going to lynch you. And yeah, and people actually, like, what were you thinking going to Goodreads? Like, <laughs> like they're like, run. Yeah, but, but it's but down. They take yeah, it sounds like you got my advice. Right. They're taking they're taking your book automatically. So it doesn't matter if you go there or not. Yeah, you might as well exactly. embrace it. It's happening there. Like, so you might as well boost and promote the good stuff um, rather than the bad. And it it strikes like if you interact with the positive people, you get a positive experience. And it's if you interact with the negative. So I guess it's like if you go down to a bad part of town, it's like if you're going to start talking to the to the homeless guy waving a baseball bat around, you're going to have a bad time. But if you talk to nice people, then you're fine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, No, but um, I think that it's really important because, you know, Goodreads is is there. It's going to pull your book information anyways, right? So if you're ignoring it, I mean you can, but but okay. sticking your head in the sand isn't doesn't mean like it's not going to happen anyways. You just you're not going to be able to take advantage of all these benefits that you've laid out. And it seems to me like the benefits outweigh the the negative things. And and even if they don't, there are benefits, and you're going to get the negatives anyways because your book's going to be pulled in anyway. So why not, you know? mitigated at least by taking advantage of all the positives that you that you can do like you know everything you've gone over like all this you know having people add it getting that free exposure of the email the dedicated email like that's one last newsletter you have to write or you do it as well right and and then it's two dedicated emails about your release and one's not coming from you so it doesn't sound like you're pimping it too much (laughs) yeah all right so virality sounds really, really exciting as well. It's, you know, it's just a, a little nudge, but it has the butterfly effect and reaches more and more people, which I, I think so many social media platforms these days, you know, they've got rid of it. On Facebook, you pay for your advertise, you pay for your followers, and then, you know, Facebook's like one, and you pay to reach more than 15% of your followers. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah that's one of the good, the, the benefits of Goodreads are, right now, it's not a pay-per-play platform. I mean, it, you know, and... um. And it's, it is owned by Amazon, which a lot of people view as a negative, And I, I get that. But it also means Amazon paid a lot of money for it. And they're going to use it more and more. 
So hop on early. I mean, you've already missed kind of the early adoption, but hop on now because it is like I, when I started doing Goodreads giveaways um, or Goodreads webinars, it was 100 million followers. And then I bumped it to 125. And then someone from Goodreads emailed me and was like, we're actually at 145 right now. I was like, oh, OK, I'll, I'll increase it. So um, like they, they are growing at an enormous rate. Wow. I mean, that's 140 million. I mean, that's like half yeah. the population in the United States. I mean, that's incredible. It's wild. Yeah, it mm -hmm. is. All right. So, well, listen, this, I think, is really, really good information for people. I, I really want people to um, think about this because it's way too many people just completely ignore Goodreads. And I think, um, you know, you, you've hit the nail on the head in a lot of ways here. Uh, so hopefully everyone sort of gets that. And uh, I don't know if you still are really doing your Goodreads stuff on your site, but I know that you used to you used to have some courses and stuff. Um, do you, are you still running any of that? Now? Yeah, if you go to like um, alessandratoriinkink.com um, and you can just sign up for my newsletter there, I'll email you when I have my next Goodreads webinar. I normally do at least one a year um, and often run them kind of throughout the year. So um, you can, and or if you can't find it or you just need one right away, send me an email. Um, you, there's a contact um, form there and uh, and I'll send you a link to the replay of the last one I did. And it kind of, it goes into basically what we talked about today, but with pretty pictures and more kind of more step-by-step. -step. Uh, so yeah, I'm happy to point you in the right direction if, if anyone listening needs any help. And if you don't believe in the power of Goodreads, just Google your name, like just Google your author name. And it doesn't matter if you're Stephen King or if you're like newbie author who has like three readers out in the world. Goodreads is going to be one of the top three results for 99% of you guys. Um, so it's search engine optimization is fantastic. And same way if you search for your book author, author name, you know, and your book name, um, Goodreads is going to show up. So, yeah, I, I urge you to jo join the site and jump in. Yeah, that's a great thing to evangelize about. So unfortunately, it looks like we are running out of time. Uh, Craig, do you have any final final thoughts before we wrap things up? No, just other than, you know, like I said, this has been great information. And Anchors Con is coming up um, in June. Yeah. So uh, we'll put a link down there. I think uh, would you said tickets go on sale in May. Is that right? Uh, tickets are on sale now, but we're in oh, early registration pricing. So that ends for the live event in May and then... Um, it ends for the digital event in June. So yeah, now's a great time if you just check out inkerscon.com. Fantastic. Well, we'll put a link down below to, to all your stuff, just like we did last time. And it has been such a pleasure. So um, before we leave you, Alessandra, is there anything you, apart from Inkerscon, is there anything you want to, to share with people to check out, like one of your latest books or anything like that? Oh, no, that's it. I, I write romance under Alessandra and I also write suspense under A.R. Tori. So if you're interested in, in checking out my books or to see if I know what I'm talking about, um, feel free to check me out there. But otherwise, it was so great to be here. I really appreciate you guys inviting me back. Oh, it was our pleasure to have you. Thank you so much. And if you are enjoy if you've enjoyed this, whether you're listening or watching on YouTube, make sure to leave a comment down below that Alessandra know. While you're there, why don't you hit that subscribe button, uh, hit that like button, and we'll be back next week with another episode of Fully Booked. Thank you so much for supporting us. Bye-bye. <laughs>